what I'm preaching today is not going to miss anyone. So some of you pious believers up in here that are thinking, he's going to preach, but it's not for me. Trust me. Trust me. Nobody is missed today. This is going to hit every one of us, so I just want you to get prepared for that. And uh, this week's been an eventful week, or this past week. Uh, I had a, this, this last song, by the way, we're going we're gonna to sing it for our altar call uh, that Erica sang. It was just beautiful and really something that we all need, and it really ties into the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to deal with today. But some of us have had some kind of crazy weeks. I uh, was, after a workout the other day, because I wasn't drinking enough water, taking care of myself, watching myself, I, uh, I got uh, dehydrated in a severe manner. My blood pressure dropped, and, and I was so thankful uh, that we had a couple people there. Um, one of them wasn't Sophia. I would have thought Sophia, who is my friend, and one of the... And, and, and one of the pastors here at the church, and, and she's a coach at the gym, and I'm just thinking, she would take care of me. She straight up walked out <laughs> while I couldn't get up off the floor, but I was grateful to the fact that Brandon was there. Brandon's one of our firemen that uh, attend here, one of our guys, and uh, he was very attentive. Uh, he, he told the guys at the fire station, he said, the dude is very stubborn. He doesn't know to stop. And he will get himself in trouble if we don't do something. So he took me to the fire station. And, and our trustful fire department was so wonderful. Uh, they took care of me there. And uh, anyway, I came through that okay. And I was so proud to have uh, one of our doctors, uh, Melissa Gomez. Also, I was brought to the hospital, like the emergency room. You don't know that trip, right? So you go to the emergency room, you're going to be there forever. So I'm at the emergency room. And they wheel me in like into a storeroom or something. And had me, you know, hooked up with, with IVs, and they did the heart thing, checking my heart and my blood pressure and all of that. And, and I'm thinking, nobody even knows where I am. And then all of a sudden, they start wheeling me into rooms, and doctors start running in and talking to me. And I thought, what is up? And one of them said, oh, my name is Bobby, and I'm one of the doctors that will be attending you today. And how do you know Melissa Gomez? <laughs> and I said, well, I know her from the gym, but I know her also from church. He said, oh, yeah. He said, she called and said, we need to take care of you. And, and then uh, Cyrus, another one of the doctors, came in a little bit. He said, uh, hello, Mike, my name is Cyrus. I'm one of your doctors attending you today. Uh, how do you know Melissa Gomez? <laughs> so uh, what had happened, Brandon took care of all the firemen, got them busy. And then Melissa called the hospital and jacked that whole crew up. It was hilarious. So uh, I, I appreciate the family of God. I really do. I appreciate all of us. And what I'm going to preach today is really about community. Uh, say community. community. Okay. Listen, ain't none of us saved by ourselves. And sometimes we think God is so interested in individuals. He loves you as an individual, but he's interested in the body. He, you, you won't find in the Word of God where he said, I'm going to pick one guy and take him to heaven and to heck the rest of y'all. I'm not going to deal with you. He would always take one guy and say, this is how Israel is. I'll win a country with this. He's always looked for the group. And I think sometimes in church, we miss the fact that we need that camaraderie. Some other people had some bad times today. And when, when Erica started singing that song, I thought about... Uh, that she and Jay had, uh, I won't go into their issues, but they just had uh, uh, some terrible issues that happened, just hit them, the enemy attacked. And one of the things that came to my mind in these situations, well, one other person had, Cam almost got eaten by an alligator. So it's on, face, it's on Facebook, you can see it. He caught this almost 12-foot alligator, like the head's big as his torso. 
And so he was not on to getting eaten, but he made it. But the, the issue, the issue that, that, that we deal with is this, that we're going to be dealing with the fact that we're going to be the fruit of the Spirit. We want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the things about anything that's going to bear fruit is going to be pruned, whether we like it or not. And there's not anybody up in here right now that would plant a fruit tree. And at the whatever time it's supposed to bear fruit, if three years, two years, one year, five years, at the end of that time, if it doesn't bear fruit, I guarantee you it won't be there in two years. You will cut the mess down and plant something that will work. We read the word of God and don't understand why Jesus said that we are a tree, we're planted. And if you don't bear fruit, you'll be cut down. So I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings today, so I may as well start on, on Pentecostals. So the, so the Pentecostal charismatic group of which I have my roots, I mean, I'm like, you know, third generation, so I get the idea of Pentecostalism and, and the gifts of the Spirit. And, uh, I don't get the fruit of the Spirit because no one taught us about that because that was kind of secondhand and sissy and nobody really dealt with that, but they really dealt with the gifts of the Spirit, the things that were seen. And so I was, I was in that. That was a part of, uh, uh, of my life. So I have a clear understanding on gifts of the Spirit. And I would just say this now to get it out of the way. You can go to heaven without the gifts of the Spirit. You can go to heaven without the gifts of the Spirit. But you can't go to heaven without the fruit of the Spirit. So I hope your feelings got hurt right about there. Now, I'm all, I'm all about the gifts of the Spirit, and I get that. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, um, we were praying for people at the altar. One, This has been several weeks back, and, and there were some folk down here at the altar. And I did something I've never done, not done it since I've been here. I don't know that I've ever done it, ever. But I just felt like I thought, I'm at the end of knowing what to pray here. And I just whispered to them. I said, this is going to sound so stupid, but I feel like I just need to pray in the spirit if that's okay. And I got that look like a deer in the headlights look, you know, like what? No, they said, good. So I prayed in the spirit. Now I'm going to tell you about praying in the spirit. You don't have to scream and holler and everybody hear you because it's not about you. The praying in the spirit, the Bible says, when you don't know how to pray, the spirit will pray for you. And I thought, dude, I'm at, a, I'm at an impasse. I don't know what to say. I don't have a verse coming to my mind to pray. So Holy Spirit, could you help? And so I felt like, maybe it wasn't God. It may have been Mike, but I thought it was God. I felt like I just needed to pray in the Spirit. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to be stupid. You don't have to be crazy to pray in the Spirit. You don't have to be emotional. You don't have to fall down and shake or stand up and scream out. You can do it in a whisper. And I just prayed in the Spirit for this couple, believing that the Holy Spirit knew how to intercede at that moment to get an answer that I didn't have. And I think sometimes us preachers think we got all the answers and we don't. So I want to deal with the Holy Spirit today on the idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Pastor Gabriel put me in a series. I mean, generally I just get to do what I want to do. And this week he said, you've got to do what I tell you to do. So he's trying to press me. And you're going to preach on the fruit of the Spirit. And I've got two weeks to prepare that and deal with it. And he told me not to talk about my small group. <laughs> he said, don't talk about the no rep. I hope he's watching. So he said, don't talk about the no rep small group because nobody gets it. And I thought, dude, they get it. <laughs> so for some of you all, I'm going to preach the fruit of the Spirit. And for the no rep small group, I'm going to preach a study in the use of manure. 
So you boys will understand that a little more clearly than trying to deal with the fruit of the Spirit. So let's go right now. We want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We want to talk about the thing, the thing that the Lord says we've got to have. It's not one of those things you might need this, but this is a, a definite command for us. So let's look in Galatians 5, verses 20 through, 22 through 24. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Who produces the fruit? The Holy Spirit. Let me back up and say it another way. We're not under the law. We're under grace, right? We're not under the law. We're under grace. Here, let me give you an idea of law so you'll understand it. Carrie doesn't get it, so I'll help him. So what, right? He doesn't get it. So the law is like a fence. Like if this platform, if I had a fence around this right here to keep righteousness in. I've got the law that keeps me in. I should stay here in the center of the will of God. What is not being under the law? You remove the fence. Now we'll see where your righteousness is. Are you going to stay in the center of the will of God or are you going to be out there? Can you understand a little bit that we're not under the law, y'all, but we still have to stay in the presence of God? We're not under the law. I don't have a fence around me, y'all, but I know where His presence is. I know what He wants in my life, and it's not out there. So the real truth of your faith is not based on who's keeping you in unless the Holy Spirit is helping you. You seeing that? So we've got this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He's doing this, and here it is. And I'm going to explain it to you in just a little bit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I'm going to stop and just say this right here. There's no law against the fruit of the Spirit. There is law against the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit has no law holding it back. You can be it as much as you want. The gifts of the Spirit are regulated. They're regulated by time. They're regulated by God's choice. And, they're, and the other thing about them, they're not even going to last forever anyway. And they're, they're law-given. In other words, you can do this, but you can't do this. You can do it this way, but you can't do it that way. If you read 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, you'll find out there's a law to the gifts of the Spirit. There's regulation to it. But to the fruit of the Spirit, put the manure on it and let it grow. Helping my boys again. Verse number, verse number 24. Those who belong. And boy, if you underlined your Bible or if you took a note or you could just highlight something, I would get it right here. This, this helps me because I'm not perfect for sure. But those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Those that belong to him. How many of y'all belong to Jesus? Say, I do. Okay, if you do, then you had a crucifixion whether you knew it or not. What we've got to do is revisit this and make sure it applies to our life. And I was going to give you, this is the one I was going to give for my, for my small group. And I'm not going to read it, but it's Luke 13, 6 through 9. And it's the parable of the fig tree that didn't bear fruit for three years. How many of y'all remember the parable? Jesus gave it. You remember it? The parable... Okay, just making sure that, that I hadn't, hadn't missed it. So the, the parable of the fig tree that Jesus gave in Luke 13, 6 through 9, he said this. He said there was a fig tree that didn't bear for three years. So the owner of the vineyard came by and he said, cut that thing down. And then the guy that kept the vineyard said, no, don't do it. He said, listen to this. 
Say it with me. Say, give it one more year. Okay, that's three. Great. Let's try to get this. Say, give it one more year. Back up and say it this way. Say, give me one more year. Because this is what it's the essence about. It's not about chopping down the tree, not bearing fruit. It's about somebody that says, let's have some patience with it. Let's give it one more year. If you'll let me, he says in verse 9, if you will let me manure it, fertilize it, and dig around it, then this thing will produce. If it doesn't do it in a year, then we'll come back and rethink the chopping down. I'm going to say this to you. You ought to be happy with this parable because it's God saying, we're not cutting you down. We're going to give you some patience here. We're going to give you that other year. We're going to help you. We're going to manure. Our guys get that. We're going to manure this thing. We're going to, we're going to help it grow. You need to be thankful, and so do I today, that God's not saying, chop them down. God is saying, let's give them another year. Let's work on them this year. And I'd love for you to take this to your heart today, that maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Maybe Mike stepped aside for just a minute, and the Spirit of the Lord said, another year. What are you going to do this year? Does that make sense to anybody but me? All right, so 1 Corinthians 13, this is really the fruit of the Spirit as well. Now, we know the gifts of the Spirit are on both sides of it. The gifts of the Spirit are like the bread. They're in chapter 12 and chapter 14. The meat, the fruit of the Spirit is in chapter 13. So the bread's high carbs. Flash in a pan, quick energy. You tracking me? But the protein, the meat in the middle of it is what's going to go to my muscle and my bones, my strength. Does that make sense to you? So what God gives you is he gives you two slices of bread. You can have all that you want. You'll be a flash in a pan. You'll have quick energy. But you're going to miss something. Gabriel's got to preach on that next week. So I'm really setting him up for failure. Because <laughs> nobody be wanting the gifts. No, I, listen, the gifts are good and we ought to be seeking desiring the gifts. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm saying they are good. I'm just saying put them in their place. So let's go. Watch this. First Corinthians 13, New Living Translation. If I could speak all with if I could speak all the languages of the earth of angels and of angels and didn't love others I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others and note the key here is you don't have the fruit of the spirit by yourself. The fruit of the Spirit is community. You can't express... Come on, y'all. You can't express the fruit of the Spirit by yourself sitting in the bathroom. I'm so full of patience. You're full of something, but it's not patience. The problem is, patience has to be with somebody else. I, I like the idea that I heard someone was talking about this idea of forgiveness and Peter being a law legalist, Peter being a legalist, Jesus said, you got to forgive others. How many of y'all remember that? Fruit of the Spirit is community. It's not by yourself. It's community. So Peter has a fence around him. He says, I can forgive. Jesus said, you can. He said, yeah. How much should I forgive? Jesus said, how much do you think you should forgive? What did he say? Seven times. I can forgive seven times. Jesus said, no way. It's all the time. You can't quit forgiving. Let me show you forgiveness. This will help, help Carrie out again. He's really struggling over here this morning. So let me just help you one more time, Carrie. So 
When you forgive Maria, you do it once, you do it twice, and you do it three times, and boy, you're doing well. But you do it the fourth time, and you say, this is the fourth time. This is the fourth time she's done the same thing, and I've forgiven her again. This is the fifth time. Can I say something to you? You've not forgiven anybody as long as you're counting. You haven't forgiven anybody as long as you're counting. You say you're not under the law, but you are. Because you've given yourself a parameter. And this is all I'm going to do. There's got to be something in us that we understand this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all still tracking me? So he says this. If I gave everything to the poor, verse number 3, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is. And here's this fruit of the Spirit coming out at us. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. My whole small group is just running to the altar. It doesn't demand its own way. So I'm out in the, the, the lobby talking to Billy. We're talking about some issues and Cam walks up. This is his attitude. He walks up. I'm about to come in here to preach. And he says, hey, I got some tables out in the truck we got to go get. I said, what? He said, we got table, tables out here to go get. Billy said, yeah, he wants you to just run out there and grab them and get them. Doesn't matter if you're preaching. So love is patient, verse number four, and it's kind. And love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no... Boy, that hurt. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And I have to say, Lord, help me right here. Prophecy and speaking and unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of a whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, we see things imperfectly, but are like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then will we see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. And then I will know everything completely. Just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. This is talking about the foreverness of the fruit of the Spirit, love. Which encompasses several things that we'll deal with before we get out of here. Let me say one more thing about trees and fruit. You can find trees and fruit all through the Bible. As a matter of fact, in Genesis, there was a tree in the garden that they weren't supposed to eat of. It was a tree of what? Yeah. Well, the knowledge of good and evil, they, ate, they, they shouldn't have eaten of that. And they did. But then the true of life had been available evidently, maybe, I'm not sure, I don't think so. But God said, we've got to do something with them. Because if they eat of the tree of life, they'll live forever in this mess. You remember that? So he had to put them out of the garden. If you read Revelation 22, go from the front of the Bible, go to the back of the Bible, Revelation 20, your last book in the Bible. And it says, we're going to find the tree of life again. 
And it's going to bear fruit, not seasonally, not once a year. It's going to bear fruit every month. And its leaves will be the healing of the nations. So I'm going to say something. God's dealing with trees and fruit is not something that's just temporal. It's not just for right now. There's an eternal issue. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we're not talking about just a little bit of something right now. Okay, we're not strangers to the Holy Spirit. Let me run through this real quick and kind of give you a, a basis or an understanding. We are not strangers to the Holy Spirit. What we're a stranger to is the purpose and, and, and uh, the plan of the Holy Spirit. We understand the Holy Spirit. I mean, according to Scripture, John 3, 1 through 8, three times, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you've got to be born of the Spirit or are you born of the Spirit? He talks about his spiritual birth, being born of the Spirit. So he had knowledge from the beginning. We understand the Holy Spirit. We just don't know his plan. And Pastor Gabriel had mentioned to us that his plan is that we be empowered to win souls. Again, it's not about me. It's about us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says that we call Jesus Lord by the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm not afraid of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what people have said. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. You call Jesus Lord by cause of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says also that we have been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. So you're familiar with the Holy Spirit. Your problem is you've just seen goofiness and weirdness in people. Again, I was brought up in that, and so here's what I understand. I understand that the gifts of the Spirit, the charismata of God, the charismata of God is not the character of God. The charismata of God is not the character of God. How many of y'all remember the news or television or whatever newspaper when you used to read them and look at them? And these, these charismatic icons were falling to sin and financial or sexual sins or whatever it is. We're saying, how, we're saying, how could that be? Look how powerful they were. They weren't powerful. They were operating in a gift that was just given to them temporarily and it had zero to do with their character. So you can have all kinds of gifts, baby. You can cast out the devil. You can raise the dead and have zero character. But if you deal with the fruit of the Spirit, then you've got the bases, you've got the character to operate in the charismata or the gifts of the Spirit. And it will make more sense to you. And it won't be about you because you have the fruit of the Spirit and you know it's about other people. Does it make sense to you? So what we did as Pentecostals, we just put them on a platform. We made them higher. The more they did, the more we praised them for it. And it had nothing to do with them. And it was obviously zero character affecting. So when you say, well, I operate in the gifts, or they operate in the gifts, they must be really spiritual. Well, you know, I don't think so. I think they're just operating in something that God allows them in a temporary form. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying quit worshiping it. Quit thinking that gifts are the goal. They're a gateway, but they're not the goal. The goal is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what I'm living my life toward. Does that make sense to you? So you're not a stranger to this. It shouldn't scare you. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will empower us to be witnesses, according to Acts 1, 1 through 8. So if... In fact, I'm baptized or filled with the Spirit, then I should, according to what Gabriel said last week, I should be being put on. The Holy Spirit would put me on like a coat and He would operate from the inside out. Does that make sense to you? So being filled with the Spirit is not just about me doing something, it's about what the Spirit is doing. The Bible says we need to be being filled, so I'm all about being filled with the Spirit. I'm just saying we need to put it in its place. Let me say one more thing about being filled with the Spirit. 
Um, if you operate in a spiritual gift in this church, well, I'm speaking for Gabriel now, forgive me, buddy. So I'll speak for Mike and maybe Gabriel will agree. But if you do something supernatural up in here, you want to give a word of prophecy, you want to speak in tongues, you want to, that's great. If I, that's what you want to do. But understand this, if you're jacked up, you will be called down. I had a guy one time in a church and, and I was in, during the service and he felt like he had a prophetic word and he stood up to give a prophetic word and we allowed him to do it and he started giving the word and about three words were good and after that it was just stupid. And he got done and, and we're, you know, everybody's wanting to just all get all excited. And I said, dude, you were out of order here. He looked at me like I just, you know, like shot at him. And I said, what you said in the first three or four words were good. And after that, it was all about you. And it wasn't about God and it wasn't for us. Now you're going to say, you shouldn't have done that publicly. Let me help you with correction in church. If you do something publicly, how are you going to be corrected? Publicly. If you do it privately, how will you be corrected? Privately. So don't be stupid. Don't get up and do something dumb and then know you're over. Well, you're going to say, well, you shouldn't do that. The Bible says you judge them. If you operate in a spiritual gift, it's under the law of judgment. Right? Yeah, but Mike, you shouldn't have judged it. I'm the one on the platform. I do what I want to do. Right? I know. So I'm just trying to help you guys that are just so gift oriented. I am too, but you know, hang on to yourself here. So the, the gifts are not character. They have nothing to do with the person's character. The person can be totally flawed and have gifts operating. I know it doesn't sound right to you, but it is just the way that it is. But the fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ. So let's look at this very quickly. And I'm going to be, I'm not closing yet, but I'm going to get close. Let me just give you an idea of the right. I'll give you an idea of the gifts of the spirit, so you'll understand the difference between gifts and fruit. And I just wrote down a few things, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Uh, Gabriel said that the fruit of the spirit is like the cake, and the gifts of the spirit are like the frosting. So the cake is a substantial part of, of it. So I wrote down a few things. I said gifts are the building, but fruit is the foundation. No foundation, the building is flawed. Doesn't matter how pretty it is. Gifts are exclusive. Fruit is inclusive. In other words, gifts are for particular people, but fruit is for all of us. Gifts will cease or fail. Fruit is eternal. Gifts is what can I do, and fruit is who can I be. Gift is a Christmas tree, and fruit is a fruit tree. A Christmas tree doesn't bear fruit. It only has what someone puts under it, and someone else picks up, and after that, it's no good. A fruit tree is what produces the fruit. So gifts are like a Christmas tree, not a bad thing, but the fruit is a fruit tree. It's a continual bearing for us. And I've already mentioned the bread and the meat, so you've got that, the carbs and the meat and the protein, what's going to give you the strength inside, or what's just going to be gone in a flash. So the gifts are, at gate, the, are the gateway, but the fruit is a goal. Gifts help me maneuver in a spiritual situation, but the fruit is the goal. It's where I'm going. So I'm going to give you an axiom of truth, and that is this. You can go to heaven without the gifts, but you can't go to heaven without the fruit. Now, 
I won't go through all of these in reading them, but I'll give them to you. Jesus talks about fruit trees and fruit continually. He always uses that thought for us. He says a tree without fruits cut down. Matthew 3, Matthew 7, he said good trees bear what kind of fruit? What kind of fruit does a good tree bear? Come on, help me every once in a while. It's not rocket science. Good trees bear. Good, bad trees bear. So why are you trying to say you're a good tree if you're bearing bad fruit? Jesus is very plain. It makes it easy for us to walk in this thing because we can kind of see how it works. Matthew 12, the Bible says a tree is known by its what? By its fruit. And then in John 15, Jesus says this. He says, I'm the vine and you're the branch and my father is the vine dresser. I know, Erica, you're not going to like this and Jay, you're not going to like this and I didn't like it either. But he says this, and he will prune us. I'm not saying that God did what happened to us this past week, but I'm saying that he does allow pruning in our life. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So when I'm going through the tribulation and the pruning, I've got to have the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, give me the faith I need. Give me the trust that I need in you. Does that make sense to y'all? If I'm having a bad day, I need the fruit of the Spirit operating. I don't need a gift. I need the fruit of the Spirit. So let me give you this very quickly. What are the, what's the fruit of the Spirit? I've got nine things. It is love. Now, we read this already, but I'm going to give you the definition. It is love. That's agape. It's sacrificial. It means I'll give my life for. Love is not, oh, I love you. You're so sweet. It is I will die for you. If something happens, I will sacrifice myself. It's the agape God kind of love. Jesus said, I love them and I love you. And he died for you. He was willing to have sacrificial love. So the fruit of the spirit is sacrificial love. The joy of the fruit of the spirit is the chara. It's faith in the middle of opposition. It's not faith when you're up here singing at church. It's when you're in the middle of opposition. That's what joy is. It's a verb there. It is a rejoicing. It is a faith operated Uh, mentality. Peace. You have peace. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit. That is contentment and security even in the face of turmoil. Patience. Patience is makrothumia in the Greek and it means endurance to bear with the shortcomings and the provocations of others without resentment. What? Right. To deal with provocations and shortcomings of others without resentment. Kindness. Chertotes in the, in the Greek is divinely developed caring and generosity and a, disposi- a generous disposition toward other people. That's what kindness is. Goodness is agathosune, and it means desire for conduct. Listen to this. Desire for conduct that reflects the things of God as opposed to the things of Satan and the fallen world. If you have the, if you have the fruit of goodness, you're opposed to evil things. I mean, it's just part of the fruit of the Spirit. Here's another definition for faithfulness. Part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's pastis. And it means wholehearted confidence in God's sovereign will and promises. It means I ain't quitting because I'm having a bad day. Gentleness is prates. And it means a quiet kindness rooted in humility. That is me for sure. I have got this gentleness working here. No, probably the thing I need to work on, being quiet, having quiet kindness rooted in humility. I, I don't know. It's a work in progress. I've got to manure this tree. The last one is self-control. Listen to this. This is, a lot of folk need this. I need this, but a lot of us need to settle down and listen to this. Here's self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. 
the capacity to set and uphold limits regarding emotions, passions, and temptations. And a willingness to repent when the limits have been crossed. Can I read it again? Self-control. Listen to it. The capacity to set and uphold limits regarding emotions, passions, and temptations, and the willingness to repent when the limits have been crossed. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the nine fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and there is no law against these. And verse number 24, and the, and the and praise team can come up. We're, we're done here. Uh, praise team can come up. I'm dealing with third graders, right? Oh, patience, I forgot. (laughs) Quiet kindness rooted in humility, gentleness. (laughs) Stop it, stop it. That's not the fruit of the Spirit, that's something else. (sighs) Galatians 5.24 says this, those who belong, those who belong, say I belong. We can deal with you being a sinner today if you want to. We can deal with that, and I'm good with that. If, you, if you're not serving Jesus Christ, if you've not committed your heart to Him, if you've not said, Lord, forgive me of my sin, I accept you and your sacrifice. Listen to me. I accept you and your sacrifice for me. It's not just accepting Him as a good guy. It's accepting Him and His sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection for me that brings salvation. Does that make sense to you? So if that's you and you say, boy, Mike, I I need to repent. I need to accept what he's done for me. Then I'm going to say we can do that today. But where we're headed is an altar call for every one of us. Because we've all, when I read that list of the fruit of the Spirit, we all said, ouch. Ooh, oh, wow. Here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit, y'all. You don't quit today because you don't have it. You don't quit because it's not developed. You make up your mind that this tree is going to live another year. I don't hear from God that often, but I really heard from God, I think, on that. He just told me to tell you that He loves you so much that He's saying, give them another year and let me fertilize them and dig around them. Let me help them. So I'm telling you right now, you're in a place where God loves you so much that he's, and it may be more than that, but I'm just saying that one year thing just stuck in me to tell you, don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah, but I failed. I get it. But you don't quit. I read a story the other day. It was about Ira and Ann Yates. Ira Yates is from Pecos County, Texas. East of Fort Stockton, south of of, uh, Midland, Odessa. It's in the eastern part of Pecos County, Texas. Ira and Ann had property, and they couldn't raise a cow. All the crops died. They couldn't pay their mortgage. They were behind. They were about to be foreclosed on. And Ira talked to a friend of his. And the friend said, I know a guy that's been digging oil wells. And Ira said, you know, I may just have him come over to my place and wildcat a well out here. And he did. 
They came out and dug a well. They got down to 700, 800 feet, nothing. They got down to 1,000 feet, nothing. But at 1,100 feet, an eruption took place. And they all began to fume out of the ground. Came out in a gusher. They couldn't contain it. They had to finally just dig some ditches around it to let the oil run off in because they couldn't shut it down at the time. Finally, they got it closed down. Ira Yates was going broke, y'all. Going to lose everything. Sitting on top of over a billion barrels of oil in the premium basin of West Texas. Became a millionaire. They put in hundreds of wells on his property. It's an amazing story. You can look it up. Ira Yates. They named a town after him called uh, Iran. I-R-A-A-N. Iran. Named after he and his wife. Now, that doesn't matter to you so much except this. You're sitting. You're sitting on something so valuable today. The anointing of God is in this room today. The Holy Spirit is here. And He wants to develop fruit in you. You don't know what I've done. I don't know what you've done. But it ain't about me. It's about God and what He wants to do with you. I'm here for you. I'll pray with you. You need to find a small group of people to be with you. You need the camaraderie and family and friendship. But God is in this room today to do something for you. So... I wrote this down just to help you. I don't know that it's a, the, the real win here. But how am I going to develop fruit of the Spirit? I'd pray. I'd read the Word. I'd find a way to serve people. And boy, Sophia, I was teasing about her earlier about me. She was, she was very, she's one of the best people I know. And very sweet and kind to me. But, but Sophia is, is in a group that goes and helps people and serves people. And she could help you with that. Uh, the other thing is you need to forgive. You need to let people go. Let things go. Forgive. You need to stand up for things that are right. So pray, read, serve, forgive. Stand up for right things. Make a stand. Welcome others to come in around you. And then be thankful. And then be thankful. Let's all stand. Would you stand? Now I know this is going to take you a couple minutes to do. But we're going to sing... We're going to sing our prayer today. We're going to sing our prayer today. I'm going to ask the praise team and Erica to come back on that song we just sang about the Spirit being here. When we begin to sing that and about the holding our faith in trials and situations, I thought, that's it, that's it. That's our altar call. It's not me praying for you. It's them. It's Erica prophetically singing over you. How many of y'all need some fruit developed in your life? Anybody except me? Boy, I do. Okay, hands down. Listen, let's do something. If you need fruit developed in your life, I just want you to raise your hand and say, I do. There's nothing to raise in your hand and say, and I do, except to hear us. It's for us. It's for our benefit. What we do. How we participate. If God's doing something. Erica, come and sing. I want y'all, if you, you, the words will be up here so you can sing the words, but I want her to sing this over us and I want us to sing with her right now.